It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. Joining us now is the Senate Republican leader, Senator Mitch McConnell, GOP member of Kentucky. And, Senator, it's great to have you back. Merry Christmas. And you, Guy. Glad to be with you. You know, I would imagine that your Christmas perhaps got a little bit merrier yesterday, right around, oh, I don't know, 9, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, when your Democratic colleague, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, appeared on Fox News Sunday with Brett Baer and announced that he's a no on Build Back Better. For anyone who missed it, cut one. Here's what it sounded like. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, uh, I've always said this, Brett, if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is this is a no. This is a no. Senator McConnell, did you have any inkling that he was going to do that yesterday before he did it? Not an inkling, but a hope. Ironically, at my wrap-up press conference at the end of the session last Thursday, I said the single biggest um, favor Joe Manchin could do the country uh, is to kill this bill. Uh, that's what the country needs. To see this bill killed, it is absolutely inappropriate and unnecessary at a time when we're fighting inflation. And we've already uh, showered entirely too much money on the on the government, which helped create the, on the country, which helped create the inflation with that uh, American Rescue Package earlier this year, uh, which, of course, none of my members voted for. So it was, it was an exciting thing to hear. It was a great shot in the arm for the country. I think it's exactly what the country needed at this particular time. Are you surprised at all by the White House reaction attacking Manchin pretty personally on his integrity, saying that he sort of went back on his word and perhaps this was a betrayal? In your experience, is that a successful persuasion tactic with someone like Manchin? I tell you, at the time I've been Republican leader, I never get angry about losing a vote because, you know, the most important vote is always the next vote. So I, I was shocked at the vitriol. Uh, and basically, it seemed to me they were calling Senator Manchin a liar. Um, I, I think that was not smart. This is a 50-50 Senate. Uh, it's going to be 50-50 for another year. Uh, and uh, believe me, that, that's, not, that's not the way I would have handled a disappointing vote like this. Well, on that exact note, there was a question posed to Senator Manchin earlier on a radio show about his place within the Democratic Party. His answer, I thought, was very intriguing. Here's the exchange, cut 27. Is there still a place for you in the Democratic Party? Well, I think I would like to hope that there's still Democrats that feel like I do. I said I'm socially, I'm fiscally responsible and socially compassionate. Now, if there's no Democrats like that, then they have to push me wherever they want me. Then they'll have to push me wherever they want me, sort of 
firing back at the White House and the progressives talking about maybe getting tugged in a certain direction. I saw a story just the other day, Senator McConnell, about you and Manchin getting uh, chummier in recent days and Democrats sort of fretting about that. Is that true? Have you grown closer with Senator Manchin? And do you think there's a case to be made to him, particularly given what you just called the vitriol from the White House, that maybe given the way his constituents voted in 2016 and 2020, maybe the more natural home for Senator Joe Manchin is in the Republican conference? Well, won't surprise you, know, guy. I've made that argument for, for quite some time to, to go. <laughs> we come from the same part of the country. Uh, there are a lot of similarities between West Virginia and Virginia, including including our constituencies, which are pretty red these days. Um, I don't know if Joe will ever become a Republican, but I can tell you this for sure. The moderates are gone. There are two left in the Senate, two moderates out of 50. There were more moderate Democrats than Barack Obama was president than there are today. And so it's a completely uncomfortable fit uh, for, for Joe. I think he's probably, for example, the only pro-life Democrat of the 50. Um, he, he, uh, he doesn't fit well over there. But that's a decision ultimately he has to make. Um, we, we certainly welcome him to join us if he were so inclined. Do you think, because you said you've had that conversation, and that's true, I'm sure you've done your best uh, persuasion efforts, maybe not by calling him a liar, for example, but does that conversation change after this vote and the reaction to it, in your view? Well, it makes it look like they don't really want it. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine any other explanation for the uh, for that statement yesterday, which was, um, as I said earlier, summing it up, they basically called uh, Joe Manchin a liar. Senator McConnell, I do want to ask you on a separate subject about a statement. This is not necessarily new. The former president, Donald Trump, puts out statements, written statements all the time, blasting you. He was in public and reiterated that point uh, just the other day. He also was interviewed by Maria Bartiromo yesterday on Fox News Channel. Here's a very quick snippet of what he said, cut 18. Look, Mitch McConnell's a disaster. The Republicans have to get a new leader. He's calling for you to be replaced as Republican Senate leader. Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, he was on Fox News Sunday, not yesterday, but the previous week, and Chris Wallace interviewed him. And at one point, he said this about the nature of leadership within Republican politics these days, cut 19. Donald Trump is the most consequential Republican in the entire Republican Party, maybe in the history of the party since Ronald Reagan. And if you're going to lead this party in the House and the Senate, you have to have a working relationship with Donald Trump or it will not work. Senator, do you agree with Lindsey Graham about someone in your position needing to have a good working relationship with the former president? And given the fact that the former president is saying that you need to be replaced as leader, What's your reaction to that within the context of the point Senator Graham was making? Well, of course, the Senate Republicans decide who their leader is. And if you wrap up the year, we've had a marvelous year. Joe Biden started off uh, over 50 percent. He's now in the low 40s. He just lost his top legislative priority. Uh We've had a terrific year. The American people have seen what true liberalism looks like. 
actually, I think more accurately, what socialism looks like. And we're headed toward a very significant midterm election next year, which should, in all likelihood, flip both the House and the Senate uh, to the Republican Party. Are you feeling more confident? Because when I've asked you in recent months about the GOP winning the Senate back, the majority back in 2022, you've been a little bit more cautious and cagey than that, saying, well, it'll, you know, it'll be a knife fight and a phone booth is going to be very, very close. You sounded more optimistic there. Are your political instincts telling you that the ground has shifted enough that you're feeling maybe not certain, but more confident that you will be the majority leader come 2023? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious the environment for the Democrats is toxic. Look at what happened in Virginia. I think what was even more significant was what happened in New Jersey. Uh, our Republican candidate for governor up there barely had enough money to run a campaign or almost won. A uh, truck driver paid 150 bucks and took out the state Senate president. What was going on in New Jersey was a referendum on the popularity of the Biden administration in a, in a state that Biden carried by 16 points. So they're in very, very tough shape uh, politically. I don't see how that gets much better. No one thinks inflation is not going to still be a huge uh, issue. We have having difficulty getting people back to work. Yeah, look, the Senate's still going to be close, but I think the atmosphere in which all of our races are going to be run is even dramatically better than the last time you and I spoke, Guy. Senator, on that note, looking to the next year or so leading up to November, your counterpart on the other side, Chuck Schumer, is saying that they plan to hold votes on Build Back Better, which could be a very divisive thing culminating in failure if they decide to go that direction. Meanwhile, the other conversation is they want to move forward with what they call electoral reform, but they don't have anywhere near the votes, unless we're talking about maybe the Electoral Count Act or uh, some some iteration of that, the huge federal takeover that they're talking about does not have nearly enough support to get a majority, let alone to break a filibuster. But they're going back to the filibuster well again and pressuring Manchin and Cinema and others uh, to reverse on that issue and to try to uh, ram something through. What is your take on the comments that you've heard from the leadership on the other side of the aisle, both saying they want to go forward anyway with Build Back Better, while also trying to move forward with their version of electoral reform? Well, it's pretty clear if they have a, a vote on the current version of uh, Build Back Better, it'll be defeated. Uh, I, I expect they'll continue to try to modify it and try to find some place to get Manchin on board. With regard to the to the Senate filibuster, the core of, of the Senate, the essence of the Senate is the supermajority threshold. Senator Sinema of Arizona has been quite unequivocal. He is not going to modify the filibuster rule. So um, it takes all 50 of them, and I'm confident that Senator Sinema believes in the institution, doesn't believe the it's broken and doesn't need fixing by breaking the structure. Uh, so many of these Democrats are totally radical. They want to break the Senate. They want to have two new states in D.C. And, and Puerto Rico. They want to pack the Supreme Court. These people are radical and they're dangerous and they need to be stopped. And I'm extremely uh, comfortable with where we are in the Senate on, on its core 
that is the 60 vote threshold, uh, principally because Senator Sinema has said she's not interested in doing that, period. And Manchin as well. So you've got at least those two and reportedly others behind the scenes don't want to go there either. But the stakes that you just laid out there about uh, the radicalism increasing within that party, I think, will be very much part of the refrain from the Republicans heading into next November with a very big midterm cycle, very consequential, looming next year. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, my guest here on The Guy Benson Show. Senator, I know you've got to run. We probably won't speak with you here on the show before the calendar flips to 2022. So very Merry Christmas to you and your family and a happy new year and a big new year ahead. We look forward to having you back here on the show. Thanks, Guy. Happy New Year. Mitch McConnell. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.